Some reports say that NFL teams are starting to call the New Orleans Saints about the availability for trade for starting nickel cornerback Bradley Roby. And if I'm the New Orleans Saints, I'm saying thank you next. We got all of that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome in to another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, to all you everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can always subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss the latest episodes. And as always, if you want to keep the conversation going one-on-one with me, take part in our exclusive film studies, Q&As, and much more, make sure you head over to joinsubtext.com slash LockedOnSaints to join a community I would love for you to be a part of. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson. No law on your favorite social media, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media. You can find me every day as the senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation site covering the New Orleans Saints, Every Tuesday on the Locked On NFL podcast and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked On Saints. Today's episode of Locked On Saints is brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, sign up today, and use the promo code Locked On NFL to get $20 off of your first order. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. On today's episode of Locked On Saints, we're going to be taking a look at roster cuts that have happened so far as well as give you some updates on what to expect over the course of the next little bit, not only for the New Orleans Saints, but also for the show and how we're going to kind of structure around these uh, these cutdowns. I think I've got an interesting way to break it all down. We're also going to take a look at the difference between cutting or releasing and waiving players and why that's important, because some of this could be strategic and, and procedural, especially if a veteran that surprises you ends up being let go. We're going to get to that, but first... The New Orleans Saints, or as I have written here, Saint, uh, should not trade uh, Bradley Roby, uh, despite the fact that apparently some are calling the New Orleans Saints about uh, exactly that, his availability. This was per uh, Jordan Schultz, who said that there are some teams calling the New Orleans Saints to see if the slot cornerback is available for a trade. And look, Bradley Roby is a name that we've tossed around a lot as a guy that could potentially be moved, particularly early on in the offseason. But I think right now, if you're the New Orleans Saints, you know now, better than you knew earlier in the offseason, you ain't got the slot depth to make a move like this. And it's, look, every player, every team has a price, right? We should never say never, especially when it comes to the NFL. And look, did the New Orleans Saints necessarily have the slot depth last year to trade away C.J. Gardner-Johnson? I think that was pretty safely a no, but the Saints ended up being okay, right? Number two passing defense in the entire NFL allowed the the second fewest passing yards in the entire NFL, so on and so forth. So they ended up being fine, but you also had Bradley Roby to fall back on. But then what happened when Bradley Roby got hurt? They had to go to a lot of guys off the street. They had to sign the Chris Chris Harris Juniors of the world, right? They tried Justin Evans there. They brought in more players. They tried to kind of stopgap that position while Bradley Roby was out with injury, the New Orleans Saints might not get that lucky here in 2023. And sure, 
We all know that the Saints have cross-training or have been cross-training. Uh, Alante Taylor, the Saints' second year, uh, uh, really, I want to call him a star corner. I can't call him a star corner right now because he's not a starter, but star potential corner, absolutely. He's a guy that every time he's out on the field, good things happen if he's playing on the outside, but learning on the inside and learning the slot has been a little bit of a hurdle for him so far this offseason, as expected. Remember, you only got six weeks over the course of the offseason to potentially learn an entirely new position. That's not easy to do. Now, the Saints do have a legitimate backup slot cornerback in Ugo Amadi, but Ugo Amadi is also a guy that plays a lot of special teams, that also plays safety for you, that can play in the box. He could be a third safety for you. So he's depth that you end up losing elsewhere if you start him at one spot. Think about like, you know, the James Hurst situation, right? James Hurst is great depth for you if you end up having him as depth backing up each guard spot, each tackle spot, whatever it is that you want him to do. But the moment that he becomes a starter, you lose a little bit of that. Now, you're a little bit less concerned about that this year because you also have a guy like Andrus Pete who could play either guard spot, who could play a tackle spot, all of that, that you end up putting probably uh, on the bench potentially this offseason or this season because he's been a bit of a liability when out on the field, or at least his play has been a bit of a liability when he's been out on the field so far. And James Hurst has had more time in the position, more time in terms of his availability, all those other things. So you can kind of swap one for one and still get a versatile piece to back up your versatile piece. That works. But when it comes to a position like the slot where you're deploying these players, you know, the 70 plus, 80 plus percent of the time, you're going to lose using Ugo Amati anywhere else that you want to be able to incorporate him or having him as depth anywhere else that you want to incorporate him. So what do you do? If you have another injury to Ugo Amadi, who do you go to? Yeah, you can plug Alante Taylor in there, but then it's a lot of trial by fire. And that could be a lot of fire when it comes to the regular season, as opposed to just the preseason or training camp. That could diminish a lot of confidence for a guy that is supremely confident in his ability and in his game, and rightfully so, if you're Alante Taylor. But also, what happens if you have an injury at another safety position? What happens if you have an injury at a safety position that coincides with Marcus May's expected and potential suspension that could potentially come down um, as soon as, you know, whenever, right? Or as late as whenever. Then all of a sudden, what do you do with Ugo Amadi, who's in the slot? And you end up having to shuffle around your secondary, and then you're right back into the situation to where you have a starting secondary that never takes a snap together in 2022, just like, or 2023, just like it did in 2022. So while teams are calling, and while, of course, every player has a price, I can't see the New Orleans Saints pulling the trigger on this one. What would be the price that a Bradley Roby could potentially pull in? Well, you have to imagine a day three selection and maybe a player, right? And that's maybe where things change up a little bit. Player for player trades, one from one are pretty rare, but we've seen the Saints do it before. Think Vince Beagle being traded to the Miami Dolphins for Kiko Alonso years ago. They do happen. And so the New Orleans Saints could potentially, just like they swapped an edge rusher or a pass rusher, for a linebacker in that instance of Beagle for Alonzo, the Saints could swap a cornerback or a slot corner for a position where they need a little bit of help, like offensive line. So maybe that's the thing that could maybe bend the ear of the Saints a little bit, make them listen a little bit harder. Uh, but until then, I don't know if you're going to really see that. Are there any players that the Saints could potentially trade at the deadline here as the cutdowns start to roll? There's been a lot of folks that have talked about Jameis. Doesn't make sense. Uh, Andrews Pete doesn't make sense contractually, right? A lot of, lot of dead money affixed and attached to that. And you're already weak on the offensive line. Why weaken yourself more? 
Uh, I've heard some folks talk about Taysom Hill. Seems unreasonable considering his contract uh, and the restructure of his contract and, of course, the value that he brings. You look at Taysom Hill as being the guy that has either over the course of the past two years scored the most non-passing touchdowns on your roster or your second most non-passing touchdowns on your roster over the course of the last three years. I don't think that Taysom Hill is going anywhere. Uh, and then the, the last piece would, of course, be Will Lutz, which is the one that procedurally makes the most sense, but talent-wise might not, right? Do you feel comfortable enough to roll with Blake Groupie as an unproven entity, although he has shown well over the course of the offseason, or do you roll with the guy that has done it at the NFL level before and had a rough season last season? That's going to be the type of decision that the New Orleans Saints have to make. Thankfully, we ain't got to. But uh, but if I'm the New Orleans Saints, I'm holding on to Bradley Roby because right now I don't feel like I have, if I'm the Saints, the slot cornerback depth to move my starting slot player. But if the right price is offered, like a surprising price is offered, then I might have to listen. But outside of that, thank you next. Coming up next, we're going to be taking a look at the difference procedurally between a cut and a wave or a release in a wave for a roster and why you should keep an eye out for the difference. We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends at Game Time. The Game Time app is, first of all, excellent, but it's also uh, exactly what it is that you should be looking at when it comes to buying last minute tickets. Maybe you're like me and you're like having spontaneous moments. You know what? I want to go and see this concert. I want to go and see this game. I want to go and see this show, whatever it might be, comedy, theater, sports, uh, music, whatever it is, Game Time has you covered. So you can go and check them out today because that's where you're going to get all of the best deals when it comes to those last minute tickets. So don't worry about planning months in advance, all the stress that comes with that. You're gonna be able to get deals on the tickets for the events that you want all the way up to the days of the events, including exclusive flash sales on tickets for like football, basketball, baseball, uh, concerts, comedy, theater, and much, much more. So go and check them out today and go ahead and grab your tickets over at the Game Time app without all the stress. Just download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked On NFL. You're gonna get $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code Locked On NFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked On Saints. Thanks as always, make Locked On Saints your first listen of the day. Every day, as the roster cuts around the NFL continue to roll along, you're probably noticing a little bit of a different language being used for certain players. Some players are being waived, while other players or reports are saying that they're being cut or being released. So what's the difference between the two? Cut, released kind of mean the same thing. Release is a little bit more of an umbrella term that can mean waived or cut or really cut. Flip that, sorry. Cut can be more of an umbrella term that means kind of waived or released. Uh, that's a little bit more colloquial. Uh, but when it comes down to the procedural efforts around the NFL, the language is usually waived or released or waived or cut. So the way that I look at this is, um, and the reason why this is important, and you should, be, you, should, you should know the difference between the two, is because procedurally, these things can make a big, big difference. And these things can be used strategically as well. So if a player is waived, then it means that they are subject to waivers. Waivers means that for the first you know, day or, or whatever of their, uh, of their being released, 24 to 48 hours of their being released, that they are kind of subject to a waiver priority. Instead of a team just calling you up and saying, hey, do you want to sign with us? 
they can look at the waiver wire, if you will, kind of like fantasy football, right? Fantasy football built their waiver wire based on this concept that was already existing in the NFL that basically says if you are a team that has a higher waiver priority, which sometimes is in like reverse draft order or in draft order, whatever it might be, uh, they'll say, okay, you are awarded to this team because let's say the Chiefs, Chargers, and Saints all put in waiver claims for you. But since the Saints are higher on the waiver priority, you get claimed and you're going over to the New Orleans Saints and your contract just travels as it is, right? And so that's for players that have four or fewer or less than four vested years in the NFL. But if you're a veteran player who's already been in the NFL for four more years, then you're going to end up being released instead, meaning that you go to the open market. You're not subject to waiver priority. You're not subject to waiver claim. You're not subject to the waiver wire at all. You just go to the open market and then you can make your own decisions from there as opposed to being sort of having your contract picked up by a team, sort of like in a trade where you don't have a choice about where you go. If you as a player are released, you have a choice. You are a free agent. You get to answer the phone call and say, hello, who is this? Commanders? Not really an East Coast guy, thanks so much. Uh, hello, who's this? Indianapolis? Uh, property taxes are a little bit too high. Income taxes are a little bit too high. I'm good. Uh, hello, who's this? Oh, the Dallas Cowboys? Excellent. Y'all ain't got no taxes. I'm gonna come through. You know what I mean? Things like that. And so like, you can make those decisions if you're a player based on lifestyle, like what I just mimicked, or you could make those decisions based upon uh, you know, fit, scheme fit, coaches that you know, familiarity, quarterbacks that you know if you're an offensive player, like a skill position player, uh, you know, different things like that. But the other reason why you might make a decision to go to a team is because the team that released you said, hang out, we'll be calling you back in about a day or so. This is something that happens to where you'll see a player that's a bit of a surprise, that's not subject to waiver, you know, being going to waivers. You'll see a player that ends up getting released and you go, well, that doesn't make sense. You guys have been on the team for eight years, been a, you know, not been a starter, but has been, you know, a solid contributor and all this stuff. Why would X team release that veteran player? Um, and actually, here's a perfect example. This just went down. The, um, the Carolina Panthers just released veteran offensive lineman Michael Jordan, not that Michael Jordan, but they just released their veteran offensive lineman Michael Jordan. This is uh, per um, Ari Marov over at, uh, over at 3013. So, so let me use this as an example. What the Carolina Panthers could now do is say, all right, Michael, hang out. We need that roster spot for a moment because we got to carry somebody in and move them to say injured reserve or something like that. So we're going to release you because you're not going to be subject to waivers. And we know that you're going to stick around and come back to the team. We'll give you the same deal, all these other things. Don't worry about it. We're going to release you, but stay by your phone. We just need the roster spot for a day. And then they have a player that makes the roster. Then they move that player to injured reserve, an injured player that makes a roster. They move that player to injured reserve because if you do that before the 53-man roster cut down, then that player who's been moved to injured reserve season is over. If you get that player onto the 53-man roster and then move them to injured reserve, then they are only required to miss three games and then can be brought back to the roster. So what they could do is say, okay, hang out, Michael. We're going to release you. Don't go far away from your phone. In fact, don't even leave Mint Street. Go to the cafeteria right? <laughs> Just stay there for 24 hours. And then they bring a player onto the roster, put that player in injured reserve, call Michael Jordan back and say, all right, let's get you back on the team now that they've opened that roster spot post-moving a player to injured reserve. So there's different ways that the Saints could utilize this too. There are players out there that have more than those four vested years that they would be able to move on from, 
move a player in, move that player off for whatever reason, whether that be for 53-man roster or otherwise, and then bring that player back. So we can use Bradley Roby as an example. Roby would be one of these examples that the Saints could potentially pull off where you release a Bradley Roby, which would be a shocker and surprise to everyone, but then carry a seventh wide receiver, let's say a Traquan Smith onto the roster, move Traquan Smith to injured reserve, therefore opening up a roster spot, carrying six wide receivers, and then bringing Bradley Roby back because he's a veteran and he, you know, you guys have a, a handshake deal that he's not going to go anywhere. Whereas if Bradley Roby were a younger player, and I'm not suggesting that this is going to happen specifically with Bradley Roby, but that would be one of those surprise moves that you kind of go, whoa, 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 why would you do that? Uh, well, that's why. If Bradley Roby were a younger player, let's say a Jordan Howden, right? Let's just replace him with another DB. And you were to, or Alante Taylor. Let's use Alante Taylor because that would be a shocker, right? Like no one, Alante, first of all, Alante Taylor is not going anywhere. We're just using this as a very crude example of why this would be a dumb thing to do as an organization. Uh, you would release or, or rather wave an Alante Taylor because he's only got one vested year on his deal so far. Uh, and so he would go to waivers and then would be subject to waiver priority. You would not have the option to say, all right, hang out there. Don't accept deals with other teams. We're going to come back and grab you in a day after we get these other procedural moves done. You just lose him to waivers and eventually somebody puts in a claim and then boom, he goes, right? So that's the spot that you could see those things. Uh, another example uh, would be you could do that with a Jameis Winston versus going to waivers like a Jake Hayner, right? So you could do that same thing. I, I don't think that they would do that with Jameis, but just again, an example at the same position. So that's the big difference between waving a player and releasing a player and how releasing a player could actually be something that a team does procedurally in order to get other players maybe to injured reserve or off the roster or onto the roster for other reasons before bringing that veteran player back. So don't be surprised if you see a surprising release. Wait to see because the initial 53-man roster is almost never the week one 53-man roster, which by the way is also almost never the week two 53-man roster as well. Coming up next, let's take a look at the roster cuts that have happened for the New Orleans Saints so far. Take a look about whether or not there have been any players that have been moved on from elsewhere that could be of interest to the New Orleans Saints, but then also get a look at what we're going to be doing moving in through roster cuts and how we're going to split up and divvy up our shows moving forward. We got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it, Houdat Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with a quick get you all caught upness <laughs> around what the New Orleans Saints have done so far, what some other teams have done that could be of interest to the New Orleans Saints, and how we're going to be covering roster cuts here on the next couple of days here on the show. So let's start off with the quick list of the, the New Orleans Saints that have already been moved on from. And, you know, we look at the time that I'm recording this at 8.30 a.m., there might be some that happen before this episode comes out at nine, but just to make sure that you're aware uh, of where things are so far. So, so far, the New Orleans Saints had previously already moved on from both veteran wide receivers, Brian Edwards and James Washington. I include them in their 53-man roster cuts because they didn't ever replace those places, those spots on the roster. Uh, so I would include them in those, uh, those spots. And then sort of in order from what we've seen so far, linebacker Nick Anderson out of Tulane has been waived. Jake Vargas, the young fullback, has been waived. Wide receiver uh, out of uh, wide receiver uh, Kwan Baker has been moved on from as well. He's been on and off the team since he was drafted a few years ago. And then Prince Amelie and Scott Lashley have also been moved on from as well. So 
All of these players are players that, if I am recalling correctly, with the exception of the two veterans and Brian Edwards and James Washington, are going to be subject to waivers. We'll see how things move forward with them. But I could see guys like Nick Anderson, Kawan Baker, and probably uh, Prince Amelie again, uh, all going back to the practice squad should they be available after the 53-man roster cutdowns are done and after those waivers end up being awarded. But so far, the New Orleans Saints moving on from seven players, if we're including the two previous moves, are Brian Edwards and James Washington, five players in terms of what have, what has happened over the last you know, 12, 24 hours or so, 12 to 24 hours. Uh, so that's where the New Orleans Saints are so far. So with seven players released in total, that should put the Saints around 83 players on their roster currently. So a lot of work still to do, knowing that you're going to have 53 on your on your roster. Some of those players might get moved to injured reserves. We might see some of those procedural moves that we just described. So give or take a couple of players there. And then another 16 players that are going to go on to the practice squad as well. So that's where we are so far. If you want to keep up with those roster cuts, uh, we're tracking them all over at Saints.media, uh, Saints News Network, the Sports Illustrated Fan Nations. I cover the New Orleans Saints. Uh, we're keeping them all up to date there. And for any notable releases, of course, and wave, uh, we have some, uh, we have, uh, you know, different pieces that are coming out around all that as well. Now, are there any players out there that have been moved on from that could be of interest to the New Orleans Saints? Well, there are a couple, and we know what the New Orleans Saints like. They like familiarity. So when you see players like Cameron Tom being released from the Philadelphia Eagles, that should pique your interest a little bit. The New Orleans Saints have a big time need on their offensive line, particularly when it comes to depth depth, excuse me, Cameron Tom is one of those guys that's a versatile interior offensive lineman that could be of interest to a team like New Orleans. Similarly, offensive tackle Derek Kelly was waived or released by the Cleveland Browns. And with that, you could see the New Orleans Saints potentially going back to another familiar face on the offensive line that could be of interest to them. One that's really interesting to me that could potentially be out there and could be of interest to them is depending upon how they feel about Ellis Merriweather, Devon Ezekbo, who is the guy that we have seen on and off the roster already, uh, was a guy that was kind of a preseason star, training camp stud, but then never really panned out necessarily when it came to the opportunities that either were or weren't there when it comes to uh, the regular season. That's another running back that the New Orleans Saints could potentially uh, look at. Uh, some corners that are on the move, Darius Phillips, Desmond King from the Houston Texans, who they just got an up close and personal look at. Those are guys that could potentially be of interest to them if they're wanting to solidify a little bit of that slot depth because perhaps they are interested in hearing out teams about moving on from Bradley Roby. If you want to do that, you're going to have to be in a situation to where you are looking for uh, you know, more depth at that position because I don't think that they have that depth on their roster right now. Um, Matthew Vanderslice is another offensive lineman that's available out there. You've got some defensive ends that I don't know that the New Orleans Saints are really going to be in a rush to look at. Linebacker Deion Jones is back on the market from the Carolina Panthers. He could be a guy that if he doesn't stick around, uh, that ends up being interesting for the New Orleans Saints, uh, potentially. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you got a few of these guys that are still hitting hitting the market as well. But you can see that there are, that the NFL at the moment, at least, is uh, producing players at positions via these cuts that the New Orleans Saints could potentially look to further bolster. I mean, you even have a guy like Aubrey Miller, the linebacker out of Jackson State, who was uh, a UDFA and a guy that we really liked here on the show that has been waived by the Miami Dolphins. It could potentially be somebody that the Saints could be interested in at the position. Running back Abram Smith of the Minnesota Vikings, again, moved on from in the NFL. Do the, does the NFL do what they do, what they did last year and completely turn a blind eye to him despite everything that he just did? 
in the XFL? Or do you potentially welcome him back here to New Orleans? There's, there's a lot of different ways for the New Orleans Saints to go. So, um, you know, as we're watching all these pieces get moved on from and all these players end up hitting the market, Tyree Phillips from the New York Giants, so on and so forth, um, I wouldn't be surprised to see the New Orleans Saints very, very active when it comes to uh, some of these roster spots that they can fill when it comes to waivers. And this is another place where you could see the Saints finding a spot where you move on from a player procedurally, right? You release a player so that you can get a player on from waivers or on slash off from waivers and things like that. So there's a lot of different ways that the Saints would be able to go uh, about adding stuff in. Uh, another player that has been really, really impressive this offseason that I'm super surprised is going to waivers, not being released, but going to waivers because he's a young player is Trey Dean. Trey Dean, the young safety out of Florida, had a magnificent uh, preseason over in the New York with the Jets. Todd Grantham, the New Orleans Saints defensive line coach, is his former defensive coordinator. Trey Dean has spoken very highly of Todd Grantham. Maybe there's a little bit of a connection that could potentially be, be drawn there. So uh, lots of opportunity for the New Orleans Saints to be able to continue on and look. There's some familiar faces. Dan Arnold, I don't think the Saints will go that route. Um, Ian Book, I don't think the Saints will go that route. Uh, but Cameron Tom, Derek Kelly, guys like that, familiar faces that the New Orleans Saints could, could potentially lean on and look to add uh, to their team. All right, so let me tell you what we're going to do here over the course of the next two days and how we're going to track roster cuts. So the Saints do have practice today. It's going to be an abbreviated. We're getting into like regular season practice period. So instead of us being there for, you know, an hour, hour and a half, getting to see everything in practice, we're back to the media viewing uh, part. So we're going to see a lot of stretch and then maybe like, you know, one, you know, individual drills and things like that, probably about 30, 20 minutes worth of stuff. After that, we'll eventually speak with Dennis Allen after roster cuts have been finalized. Uh, and then you'll start to see kind of what the initial 53-man roster looks like. We'll get some locker room time, things like that. So with all of that, here's how I want to go about covering roster cuts over the next 24 or so hours. Today, later on today, we'll do a live show after I get home from locker room, from you know the, the Saints facility, to kind of talk about who are the cuts that have been made and what is the roster looking like, right? What's the state of the initial 53-man roster? And then tomorrow morning, we'll have another episode up for you kind of evaluating the roster. Where are the weak points? Where are the Saints the strongest? What's their strongest position group? Where could the Saints be looking to add? Were there any veteran releases that are surprising, but that we're watching to see our procedural? So we'll start to kind of dive in a little bit deeper tomorrow morning, but we'll get the initial 53-man roster, the initial reaction, the initial sort of moves and things like that all in our live show this evening. So that's what we're going to do. That's where we're going to look at it. Um, and uh, continue to cover it. So I'm looking forward to that. Very excited uh, that the NFL regular season is almost here. And I'm going to be honest, kind of excited that roster cuts are almost done because this is the hardest part to do what we do uh, in this situation. And then it's harder for coaches, as David Harrison and I were talking about yesterday on Lockdown NFL, harder for coaches and even harder for players that are hearing the news. So um, very excited to be past this part, but very excited that the regular season is also right around the corner as well. So we got all of that coming up for you uh, in the next... 24 hours, dare I say, uh, here on Locked on Saints. Appreciate you as always making us your first listen of the day every day. Big shout out to all you everydayers out there, whether it's your first time or your next time or your every dadders, which is what I saw somebody else call them, which I actually really, really love. So thank you as always making Locked on Saints part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me. On your favorite social media at Ross Jackson, N O L A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.